having you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> um, why don't you give the people a little basic intro before we get launched into the big question? Okay. Um, my name is Sophia Minter. I'm originally from Vermont, but I go to UBC with Sam, or I guess went to UBC with Sam. I'm still in my last year. Um, I am studying social work currently, and I'm also a big dancer, and um, I have a cat. Her name is Pepper. <laughs> She's really cute. <laughs> what else about the me? The necessities, yeah. Yeah. I'm 22. Nice. I identify as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> she, hers. <laughs> yes. Preferred pronouns. Uh, so awesome. Okay. Solid baseline. Thanks. Okay. Um, my big question to you. Oh, is, wow. Jumping right in. Right in. Yeah. If you could wave a magic wand uh-huh. and solve one big problem, what would you do? Oh, my gosh. Wide eyes. That is a loaded question. If I could wave a magic wand and solve one giant problem, um, I think I probably would solve, I would just do a magic wand that combats isolation in everyone. Ooh, okay. Because I feel like the root of a lot of different peoples, no matter your social location, a lot of it comes back to feelings or experiences of isolation. Hmm. So I feel like if I could wave the magic wand to just isolation, it would, other things would follow. Nice. That's awesome. That's not what I thought you were going to say. What do you think I was going to say? I, was, I thought you were going to say like cookie cutter, like homelessness or like war. War. But that's smart because, yeah, like you said, isolation probably has this whole knock on effect. Because mm-hmm. if I just solve homelessness, like then what? Right. Yeah. That has a, That's like one and done kind of a thing. Yeah. What, uh, Which would also be amazing, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What um, what do you think would like immediately happen if, like, how would you solve isolation? Like now we're getting into it. I know you, I said magic wand, but this was yeah. like my little. Um, I don't know. It's I think solving isolation is really hard because it has to happen at like every level, like with every single individual. It's something that you have to solve, but then you know also at a community level mm. and then even larger at like a whole societal level as well mm. have you felt isolated <clears throat> um well i think everyone's experiencing feelings of isolation because of now. quarantine and yeah. covid and everything so i think that that definitely amplifies it mm-hmm. for a lot of people or even maybe people that have never experienced it before also i feel like isolation is something that's hard to identify Mm. because you can feel lonely but you're not necessarily isolated Hmm. if that makes sense what are the differences between the two um i mean like you can feel lonely and still be surrounded by friends Mm. and still like i don't know hang out with people and go do things right and i don't think isolation means that you have to be completely on your own but i think isolation is I don't know, more, I feel like lonely is more of a feeling and isolation is more of an experience, if that makes any mm, sense. Interesting, yeah. I don't know if that's true, but. <laughs> no, that, I mean, that makes sense to me. I think like, yeah, I've lived a pretty like privileged life in that respect, at least, just because I'm someone who's always been quite a social person, I think, like something that I've kind of gotten into more as i've gotten older is like realizing the importance of like socializing 
for me specifically and mm-hmm. like like they say like the textbook or like one of the classic definitions of like an introvert or an extrovert is like what do you feel after like a social interaction like are you energized from a social interaction or are you like depleted yeah and like for me i'm definitely energized and like it's definitely yeah but it's something is that something like always new or is something kind of like found out um i think it's something that i always experienced and i definitely feel like i think i used to be more extroverted than i am now i think i found out that that's what happens i feel more energized but almost from reflecting on like my past self almost whereas Mm. now i don't always feel more energized afterwards really yeah for me it's like there are certain social interactions where i have that i know are just draining like with certain people right like that i know i'm like ugh. (laughs) but if it's like a meaningful interaction and i like want to spend time with someone then it's usually always energizing you know yeah that's true yeah maybe i'm spending time with the wrong people (laughs) (laughs) that's an important question like absolutely i think now it's because like before it was like in high school and everything you're so much of your identity is wrapped up in other people Mm -hmm. right like who am i hanging out with am i the cool group and and you don't really get to choose it either right you just like oh i want to fit in so like yeah of course i'm coming to this party yeah whereas like now obviously we can't really party but it's like you would instead of like jumping at the chance to get like fucked up or whatever you kind of have this like like what am i actually gonna get out of it Mm -hmm. right like is it gonna actually be fun like like are there people there that i want to have conversations with yeah exactly that i want to hang out with and it's like it's definitely part of this like maturing process i think but it's yeah it's been one that i've had a I don't know if it's been a difficult time, but it's been something I've been reflecting on a lot. It's just like the importance of who I'm spending my time with. Me right? too. Like at the end of the day, like that's all you got. You just have time. You just have experience. So it's like, who are you really? Yeah. Who are you sharing that with? You know? Yeah. I think the importance of who you're spending time with. And I feel like also now I've been reflecting more on like the importance of sharing the same values or similar values at Mm. least with people that you spend time with because I find that the times when I do feel drained or when it's times when um I guess like my values don't necessarily align not Mm. perspectives or opinions because it's good to definitely have diversity in that but just like core kind of convictions yeah 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 interesting yeah and that's another that's like what we're forming now too right it's like Mm -hmm the more you experience life, the more you realize your lines of like, okay, what do you deem as acceptable? What do you deem as like right? Even like morality kind of starts to get questioned. And like, it's, yeah, it's something that, again, you're just not even aware of when you're younger, right? It's Mm -hmm. just like, I'm just hanging out with this person because they like me. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Especially coming from a tiny fucking town too. Mm. Like, you don't really choose who you're hanging out with mm-hmm. also when you're young it's like okay my parents are friends so therefore i'm hanging out with this kid because our parents are hanging out mm. and then that just kind of grows and then you get to middle school and there's like a couple more yep. friends and options and then my high school is a combination of like four or five different middle schools mm-hmm. coming to the same high school so then that was like so bizarre was it a big high school no, my graduating class was like 120, 130. Damn. So you had like four or 500 people in your whole school. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It's and like it cuts in half because freshman year, your my class was about like three hundred to two fifty, okay. and then after tenth grade, like half the people. Okay, so there's the people that drop out, which is about half of the class. Half, half the of people, people dropped out at your school. It's not necessarily dropping out, but a large portion of them do drop out to go like work on the farm essentially and then another huge portion of them go to like other types of high schools like some go to like technical Mm. high schools and then some go to like you know somewhere where they might need additional support and things like that got it but like freshman year i was like wow there's so many people and then by the time you're in 11th grade there's like half of you left gets cut down super weird wow that's yeah. wild. I can't imagine like just losing half my grade because they would go work on the family farm. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucking crazy. What kind of farm? Like what most of them are dairy farms. Dairy. Yeah. Wow. That's I think all of them. Wild. Most of them. Yeah. So it's super rural where you're from. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Are you from the same place as Caleb? We're from different towns. Okay. I think his might be more rural than mine. Maybe. But he went to a big high school. Yeah, he so he's his town is so small that you get to choose what high school you want to go to because mm. your own town doesn't have its own high school. That's why him and Elliot went to different high schools because you can choose. I think you have a selection of like five different high schools you can choose to go to. So he went to Essex and Essex is like a pretty big town mm-hmm. or city. It sounded more to. similar to like the size of my yeah. high school. Like yeah, 2, exactly. Students, something like that. Mm-hmm. Essex is a big one. It's like Essex and Burlington are like big, the, the cities, if you can call them mm. cities. So what was it like coming from like rural ass? It was crazy. From mud to a city. Like, you know, what's funny is like I, I've been around big cities a lot of my life. So Vancouver didn't ever actually really feel like big city to mm-hmm. me. But like, what did it, did it feel like a, Oh, yeah. pretty crazy place. I definitely had no, I felt so like clueless. I don't know if it's ignorant or innocent. I felt like this was a big city. Mm-hmm. And then talking to, you know, Case or even talking to my family that lives in Philadelphia, they're like, what are you on about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Vancouver's tiny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but when I came here, it definitely felt like it was a big city. It's definitely gotten smaller as I've gotten to know where I am and mm-hmm. stuff. But... I think it's the perfect city because as someone who comes from a super rural area mm-hmm. and Vermont is all about nature. Yeah. I really didn't want to lose out on that. Right. And so I feel like Vancouver's. It was like the perfect mix. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Totally. Have you been to like a big metropolis? Like you've been to New York, right? Yeah. I mean, I've like visited family in New York and stuff and I would spend, I Philly, I think is the one I spend the most time in. Mm-hmm. I have spent two or three summers living in okay, Philly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. So yeah, you kind of get the vibe. Yeah. Do you like, I like it? it? Like, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely m- miss Vermont, but I, I don't know. I think a city is where like young people tend yeah. to prefer. Right. There's yeah. more going on. Right. But I can definitely picture myself slowing down and going back mm-hmm. to Vermont or somewhere. Totally. Yeah. It's something like I've been also thinking about uh, i mentioned like maybe i moved to vancouver island or something at mm-hmm. some point just because like honestly like I, <laughs> I hate to keep bringing it up but like the tree planting experiences was like a very <laughs> eye-opening time for me because it was the first time i'd like spent I, i'd always grown up in suburbs mm-hmm. so i've always been around a big city this like my town is small relatively like i mean not tiny like fifty thousand people but it's yeah mine's five thousand yeah Right, so it's not, and it's not like rural, like I'm always 40 minutes away, 30 minutes away, like I'm 20 minutes away from Berkeley or whatever, 30 minutes away from Chicago when I used to live in Illinois. So I never had a time where I was like specifically living 
remote, like super rural. And the planting experience obviously is like extreme because you're like mm-hmm. out in the bush. But then coming back to Vancouver after that and like realizing that so... I was talking to a friend the other day and just saying how it was super apparent that like like even right now in this room, we, we have to build up the room around us, right? Like consciously, we have to like take it all in and like construct a scene. Hmm. And when you're out in the bush or like the woods or rural, it it just feels like it's more like natural or it feels like less effort yeah it's there it's just there yeah Mm -hmm. exactly whereas like when you're around just man-made shit and like concrete and asphalt all the time there's something to it where your brain has to do like more to like construct the scene around you and it's so interesting you know and it felt like i didn't feel any like anxiety or angst or worries really at all out there i mean i think a lot of it had to do with like because we were just exhausted (laughs) but also i think a lot of it did have to do with the fact that we weren't around this like man-made shit Mm -hmm. that's like i really do now realize like it's it plays a big role in your psyche like it really does just being around other stuff and, and so many other people as well so it's like i've i really like got my eyes open to like mm-hmm. what being in a city kind of does to your mind it's super interesting it reminds me of comparing myself like when i first moved in with case we're mm-hmm. very different like having posters on my wall and like tapestries like decorating my room was never really something that i did hmm. and so i think comparing like case comes from the city right so when we moved in together the first thing he did was like construct what was around him putting up art ah. putting up posters and all those things and I didn't really, you know, think about that stuff. So mm. I think it's interesting to think about it like that. That is interesting. Because coming from Vermont, I would never, like, decorate my room or you something. You just kind of accepted it as the, yeah, as the how it was. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. I never thought about posters. And then also, we, we have big windows, which is makes a difference. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but I live, like... Uh, there's a road it's not a very busy road and then behind me is just a huge massive field and then woods behind that Mm. so so yeah yeah and did you have neighbors like are you in a tight yeah we had neighbors but it's nothing like close nothing suburb right yeah like to me when i came to the suburbs of vancouver like in my head originally that's still city like this is still part of a city this isn't yeah vancouver is weird because it just like sprawls out it's like yeah you have like across the granville bridge or whatever where it's like skyscrapers and then it just feels like you cross the bridge and then it just it's just like houses forever mm-hmm. like if you ever drive just like through it it just seems like it keeps going and going and going in like every direction too like yeah. i guess it's just a lot of people that want to live here but yeah it's been so i don't know i i can see myself i think it's just one of those things that's gonna go in waves with me like I'm going to get bored probably of living like out remote and then want to come back to people and energy and like, especially if it's like when we can actually do shit, right? Mm -hmm. Like right now it's kind of ideal to live remote because you can't actually do anything. I think it's funny. So many kids growing up in Vermont because it's rural, like in their heads, there's nothing to do. And it's like, I want to get the fuck out of here. I'm going to go to a city. I'm going to do all of these things. Mm -hmm. And that's like so many kids mentalities. And then you know, you think that it's boring and there's nothing to do. But then once you're in the city, you're like, okay, but everything that I was doing in Vermont was so much more meaningful in mm. a way. And just like I got to everything that I did revolved to the outdoors, no matter what. Mm. It's like, mom, I'm bored. Okay, go play outside. Right. Like all the time, just go outside, explore, whatever. 
Whereas here, it's like I'm bored, but I'm surrounded by all of by these buildings. buildings. Yeah. Like, what do I do? Yeah. I mean, you can still, you can still explore in an urban environment, but it's just like a lot. It's a lot different. I, mm -hmm. I remember like when I was traveling, I like got into this like, like that was when I like really discovered my love of cities and like really enjoyed just kind of like wandering around and just like taking in the scene. And it's something that's kind of like lost on me now, I think, because I remember being when I first came back from when I first started at UBC, I still had this kind of like wanderlust about Vancouver because I was still in kind of like that travel of mindset. So I was like, oh, it's a new city. Like, I'm gonna just kind of wander <laughs> the streets and like have <laughs> coffee and just like watch people live. And like, I guess it just because it becomes my home or something i've just become so much more accustomed it's to it day to day yeah mm -hmm. so it's always much more interesting being on the outside and looking in right like it, when i was in even i don't know like say take like sydney right like cool city but like something very similar to like a city that i know but because it was not my home it was easy to be like wow this is amazing <laughs> like, yeah. right like it's true and then yeah and then like definitely going to Asia and like those crazy cities is an a whole other level because there's just like so much different about it, right? So yeah. it makes more sense that it's like captures that like little that little wanderlust, that little sparkle. I feel like that wanderlust. The only time that I still f in Vancouver in the beginning, same yeah. all the time, everywhere you go. But I feel like the only time that I feel that now in Vancouver is when I see a glimpse of the mountains or when I'm mm. in the forest or. You know, when I'm walking the streets of the city, it's nice. And then there's a little gap and a hill and you can see the mountains. Totally. And then that's when I'm like, oh, my gosh, this place is amazing. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe I live here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's something I remember, like, like speaking of Sydney, like I remember driving past or taking the bus into the city. I lived I was living with some people in North Sydney. So you had to cross the bridge and you would look out and you'd see the Sydney Opera House like every day. And I remember thinking like. Do people get tired of like looking at that? You know what I mean? Like do people like see that and they're like, oh yeah, like just the opera there house. It is. There it is. Like just on my way to work. Like what else is going on on Twitter? You know what I mean? Whereas like I tried to like bring that into my life here. Like you said, like if I see the mountains or I see the ocean, realize that there's people that like will travel thousands of miles to come to Vancouver and like and see it and experience it or go to Stanley Park or whatever. I never want to be one of those people that just like is jaded you know that mm -hmm. just like gets used to things yeah kind of but I, I mean it's like inevitable i suppose but just hang on to it as much as possible you know yeah i don't think it's yeah i think it's losing like i don't know just recognizing maybe the privilege and just like the coolness that we're able to be here in itself yeah because you know? exactly. it's super easy to lose that and then you kind of live life differently i think yeah exactly you're just not yeah, you don't have the energy anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't. Yeah, that's something like I'm also coming to grips with. It's like I don't, I don't want to lose the spark of like interest. I don't think you will, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I can't ever imagine you losing. I that. know, but I think about it. I'm like, fuck. Like, that's how you live your life. Yeah. Yeah, you are like interested in everything. <laughs> like when I think of Sam, I just think of this motherfucker that wants to learn about everything he can. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't think you'll lose that. I feel like you're just fascinated by everything. <laughs> <laughs> a little puppy dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a yeah. puppy dog for knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, that's nice. Yeah, I just like I don't know. I see people, like again, just thinking about like this new job or whatever, and just like getting settled. Mm, you know, the habitual. Yeah, and like it's important because like you want to establish like roots and stuff, but also, I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. Maybe you're right. I think just this time, it's weird because we're just like forced to stay put because mm-hmm. of the fucking quarantine and everything. So it just feels like oh no like i'm gonna get stuck and then if i get stuck i'm gonna like stop getting interested in things and then totally. if i stop getting interested in things like what's the point <laughs> like, especially when you get into a workplace and then there's like older people that have been there forever yes. and you can tell like the passion is just gone totally. and that's terrifying yeah. for sure especially going into social work like i my worst nightmare is to become a social worker that loses the passion because then you're probably not doing an effective job at all. Right. Like, what's the point of doing it? Right, right, right. Yeah. It's such a bizarre to, like, meet people that have just been doing this for the past 40 years and they don't care. I think it's a really beautiful thing when you meet people that have been doing this their entire life and they're still just as passionate and invested. Like, that is such a cool thing. That's an incredible thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like social work is a, a tough venture to continue yeah that that spark the burnout is very high yeah Yeah. right because you're just like constantly bombarded with like ultimate suffering (laughs) people yeah which is crazy it's crazy but i think one thing that's really cool about social work (laughs) is that's definitely true but you can go in so many different directions like it's just such a broad umbrella term for Mm. so many different things so I'm hoping that if I get burnt out in one area of social work, then I'll find the passion again. Totally. In a different area. Totally. Yeah. That's, I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. It's like knowing, okay, I'm starting to not enjoy this. I'm starting to, you know, not care or whatever. Or, and then realizing like, okay, this is the time to change, make the change. Mm-hmm. It's like when that period goes on for a prolonged amount of time, mm-hmm. that's when it gets dangerous of is just... that what the midlife crisis is right yeah i think so have your parents had midlife crises i don't know you don't know i don't know i think you would know i th- yeah my dad's just crazy i don't know if my dad i don't think he thinks just he's gotten to his crisis. midlife yet <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna live forever <laughs> like he is I, I don't know if he probably doesn't want he's 60 something uh-huh. um and like he's so freaking youthful mm-hmm it's crazy i don't think he thinks he's at his midlife yeah it's awesome awesome. i think it's also because he works with kids and that keeps you young you Mm, know but he's still just like crazy (laughs) yeah absolutely cool well i think that's good if you haven't had a midlife crisis that like that means you're on a good path i'd like to ask him though if he's had a midlife crisis yeah maybe he because he definitely has had periods where in his job he's like okay i need to stop doing change this i need to find another job yeah and he has interviewed for other jobs and stuff like that but I don't know if that counts. Like, he didn't seem like he was in crises. But also, parents probably don't want to show their kids if they're in crises. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a crisis. Well, yeah, I guess by the technical definition of, like, what we said, just, like, realizing that your path, you've gone down a path you don't want to keep going down mm-hmm. and then making an abrupt change. My dad decided he wanted to become a voiceover actor. He got laid off, like, t- when I was in my second year of university. Mm-hmm. and then yeah did all these like courses and like booked a few gigs and then like was really enjoying it and then kind of realized like ah shit like i like this but i can't exactly sustain my <laughs> lifestyle with it so he went back yeah. to silicon valley which i think is okay for him like he i can tell like he lives a good life 
but he wants like i know he, he would re- he really like his dream was to become an actor like, really he loved acting that's cool yeah so and it's funny because like my friend matt sort of he, he's doing that path or was until the fucking actually no he still is he was actually in a zoom play the other day Whoa. <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is wild Super um cool. I, yeah i gotta ask him about how that went but so every time I talk to him about how like Matt was in like this production or that production, he's just like, "Oh, that's fantastic. oh, he gets sad." I don't know if he gets maybe <laughs> uh, maybe like at night when he's going to bed, he's just like, oh, could no. be me. But also, it's like you, I don't know. I think when you have children, you have to realize like, like he's done a pretty good job. Like he, you know, I I think he's done a good job of like putting me for where I am. Mm-hmm. I always have this joke where I'm like. Yeah, dad, you know, I kind of like raised myself, right? Oh, no. <laughs> just because like one time, I don't know, we were talking about how like my parents were just very lenient, mm-hmm. you know? So I like, I think I could, I could have gotten away with like a lot more shit than I did. But just like my personality is like quite, quite an orderly person. I like totally. things like in its place and like, but if I was like the rebellion, rebellious, like crazy type, which I i don't know my brother kind of is he like pushes the, the is envelope he older or younger? he's younger he's the youngest he's the baby he's seven years younger than me so he's turning 17 Shit. <laughs> in december which is crazy but um that's interesting i feel like usually the oldest starts out as like the rebellious one yeah i don't i don't think i was ever re- like i didn't ever really get in trouble as a kid not really but is that because they were lenient yeah but that's what i'm saying like i could have gotten away with so much yeah did i sneak out sometimes and like go to like a party or like did i like smoke weed and like drink i and never stuff? snuck out of my house you never did not once wow you're like one of the only teenagers or people <laughs> that i know that didn't when they were teenagers. not at once yeah i had like it was like my house was like here and then i had a deck and then my room was like a self-contained little like Den. so Whoa. it was like super easy oh <laughs> so like me and my friends would like go, <laughs> we'd like they'd sleep over and then we would just like go out at like the middle of the night and go smoke weed a little park playground <laughs> somewhere <laughs> come back oh my god so it's just like super easy but like i mean like yeah i just could have i just know i could have gotten away with like way more shit but just my personality it was just like why i like would were your parents ever like always on you about doing your homework like did they have to tell you to do your shit no in the beginning like when you're little but right but like after that it's like no not really yeah you're just lazy fair and just kind of yeah Yeah. same but i know and then i knew but i knew i like i needed to do my homework you know what i mean like i would feel bad if i didn't do it. yeah my parents were never like you need to get an a no i would get a c and they'd be like we saw how hard you were working like it's fine right right yeah that's healthy i think it's also we have like structured act i think structured physical activities outside of school Mm -hmm. really helps so much with like time Mm. management organization motivation totally everything like i always say like if i didn't have dance is such a huge part of my life like Mm. i would be way more of a mess yeah because it just teaches you it teaches you so many things organization discipline especially time management working how to work through shit you don't want to fucking do right that's the big one i think yeah i think that's like one of the biggest things i'm talking to alejandro uh on a podcast and he was talking about how like he's just obviously like kind of like case just hook line and sinker in Mm -hmm. the gym and we started talking about kind of like yeah that discipline that like forcing yourself to do 
shit you don't want to do yeah like and physical like physicality and physical endeavors is the easiest like realm to kind of push yourself right yeah Yeah. exactly and then you can bring that into other realms right i think something that i found that like people that annoy me or that i don't get along with Mm. is a lot of times because they don't have that drive totally it's like when they're not willing to push themselves it's just so frustrating for yeah me. yeah yeah totally because yeah. you know like you know like all you like i find this with my it's interesting with like like personal trainer clients like mm-hmm. kind of like learning how to push them yeah especially people who don't know how to exercise or aren't like experienced exercises because they'll get to that like level of where they should be pushing mm-hmm. and then they back away right because it's like yeah. uncomfortable because like they're like no that feels weird but it's like no that's exactly the moment where you need to like do Go. one more rep or whatever it is and it's really like it's hard because i see adults right like i work with older adults who never had that like have never mm-hmm. uh they don't have that knowledge so it's i think it's so key to give that to kids yeah like because i yeah it seems like it gets harder and harder to learn oh as you yeah get older, you know way harder to learn yeah. that's like with everything though right yeah yeah exactly but uh, i mean that i guess you could be totally successful and lead like a happy life without it. But I, I, like you said, I think I think a happy privileged life. Yeah. And I, like you said, I don't think you, I don't know if you would lead a full life. I don't think you gain as much out of it. Mm -hmm. Totally. Cause so many experiences in like, even just in your own head come Mm. from like forcing yourself to do something. And from that final push kind of right. Even like, not necessarily get like getting that job just in your own head like totally. you push your own limits and then that's just i think it's just growing your boundaries in your brain right yeah like you said it just seeps into to everything that you do and it's no longer just like yeah it's uh yeah all i put it as like like living in the fire <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just like in oh that in that moment i don't think i'm as extreme as all <laughs> <laughs> he's another level like he is someone he's crazy yeah he's someone that like physically wise can live in the fire more than anybody i know yeah like, he can like i think he like obviously has like, very good genetics and like good like i don't know probably upbringing and everything mm-hmm. to like support that but yeah for whatever is that mental switch yeah. that you need i think it's in a lot of fighters yeah or like in it's people that try to fight and don't have it they're not fighters no they yeah. stop totally yeah 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 it's definitely a, yeah it seems like a mandated thing if you want to yeah. get punched in the face i was talking <laughs> to um jonathan mm-hmm. the coach at dcs and i was basically talking about how i'm kind of like at a crossroads i had to stop doing jujitsu because i'm just so fucking busy and i know i mm. need to prioritize school mm. like i stopped doing as well and i was like okay i need to prioritize school but i had a conversation with him and <laughs> it made me kind of think about it he was like what was your childhood like <laughs> i was like it was chill. He's like, see, there's your problem. <laughs> you need to go to your dark place. Like, you have to find your dark place. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, that's like, you hear that from a lot of, of professional fighters. Yeah. Like, they grew up hard, yeah. you know? I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly a like a, a profession you would choose out of like, ah, yeah, and then I had like arts classes and then, <laughs> you know, dance and then ballet. Yeah, I think it's like, like I had outdoor education. Yeah. <laughs> like no like my parents weren't really around like i had to like kind of scrounge for myself and like figure things out and or i think a lot of even if it's not necessarily like the extremes that you imagine even just like simple 
like small bullying and things like that right right even just something small can feed into it definitely like mm-hmm. big yeah bullying is huge i never really i was like never really i was never really bullied as a kid like, mm-hmm. uh yeah i don't i can't really remember a time i think um girls experience a very different type of bullying yeah than boys super psychological like, when i was younger i thought that i wasn't bullied because i was never like pushed around against the locker or like you know classic wedgie whatever the fuck <laughs> yeah. you know but like girls just have this crazy yeah psychological they have stuff some, yeah, yeah yeah i saw yeah i saw it with my sisters mm-hmm. like they it's weird it's honestly i would pr- much prefer getting thrown against a locker than like yeah, i think so- me too <laughs> like social like <laughs> outcasting and like you know that yeah and it's not even like they half the time it's not even like they're mean they're not like you're a fucking bitch they don't say that to you but then they like stop doing certain things with you or like right. and there's just nothing said it's like okay what oh. happened that you don't want to hang out with me anymore oh or, that's horrible. i don't know it's so bizarre yeah yeah that's really yeah. horrible like i uh yeah i think it's to me it seems like one of the bigger differences obviously i have like brother i have brother and sisters and i'm a boy so i kind of like only dealt with like the i would get like talked shit to and like you know it, it's like you get tested it's kind of like that weird like when you testosterone and like macho-ness yeah and so you like yeah there's times where you like have to stand up for yourself or like you get bodied in like a soccer game and like you have to body someone back or whatever it is it's always physical though mm-hmm. it's not that psychological and that seems to be like a big difference between like male and female like growing up it mm-hmm. seemed like at least from my experience looking at my sisters and how they kind of yeah just went through things that i just like was not and i also had such a like i'm so so blessed because i had like one of the best groups of friends growing up like my high school group of friends i'm still incredibly yeah, you tight guys with are them. really close yeah incredibly tight and my I, my brother didn't doesn't really have that he kind of does but uh, I don't know, Thomas, if you're listening, I think some of your friends are fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and and, my, and their sisters, I, so, like, they had, like, maybe one close friend or mm-hmm. two close friends, but they never had, like, and then they had some falling outs and some people got left behind. And Yeah, falling know. outs are so bizarre. Mm. And then I think that's why by the time I was in 12th grade, I was like, okay, I'm only being friends with dudes. Like, by the time mm. I was in 12th grade, I was like, okay, fuck this fuck the drama yeah like i just had three guy friends that were close to me and then like that's kind of all i needed and Mm. then by the time i came to first year i remember first year i was like okay i'm gonna like seek out boys oh boy yeah i was like fuck that i'm done with being friends with girlfriends i'm gonna have guy friends and then nil kind of reopened me up to like okay there are good girls Mm. out there like nil's a genuine motherfucker Mm -hmm. and um yeah then that kind of gave me hope again but it's true wow. like what is it's our friend group it's like me and danny mm. you know there's not there's still i'm not surrounded by that many women true yeah and i think i definitely before i loved it but now i think i'm missing something because i feel like i want to surround myself by powerful ass women right like i don't want to be surrounded by boys all the time right 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 yeah Interesting. we don't live the life like similarly no we don't not at all yeah and i want to have inspiring women around me more often mm. yeah so you're like kind of making that like a a goal for yourself like I, I hopefully but like how are we supposed to do that right now I don't know. I, but that's why one of the reasons i was super excited about my social working program because mm. i was like this is a whole set of new people that i'm going to be spending every day with like 
kind of took it as an opportunity to get to know other people. Nice. Because I don't know if you had the same thing, but I feel like in first year, once we kind of had our set of friends, by second year, I was not really like exploring as much, if that makes sense. Right. First year is trying to meet everyone you possibly can and get to know everyone. And yeah. then once you're settled, I wasn't like talking to everyone in all of my classes and mm. that kind of thing. Yeah. You I closed yourself settled. off. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I find... Yeah, socially, I've been someone that's always liked to branch out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I remember that, yeah, the transition from first to second year was definitely a weird one. Super weird. Because, yeah, we were living by ourselves now and off campus. So you had, didn't have that little like bubble of people. You yeah, you wouldn't like, walk out into Vanya and I would see yeah, Sam doing like, backflips. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just it, it was so easy, right? Socialize. Mm-hmm. And then you realize like, oh, fuck, like I have to put an effort to socialize. Like mm-hmm. I have to like live with people I want to like socialize with or however you do it and that was hard that was yeah that was definitely and it was hard hard to see who's not making an effort as well Mm, and who is and yeah yeah exactly and then yeah you kind of find your way along and i think prioritize again that's when i'm kind of like realizing how important socializing is to me right Mm -hmm. and like where my mind goes when i'm not socializing and uh i think it's important to obviously have a degree of like being okay with being alone like I don't, i'm not yes, saying like i had to learn that yeah that's a big it's a big thing to learn especially mm-hmm. if you're especially yeah like first year to second year like we were saying but it was um i don't know that's why i've always been like am i extroverted i obviously am but before i thought i could spend a lot more time by myself like and i still can like i love doing my own thing i love like waking up on like a saturday or something and like not having anything to do and then just like i'm gonna go downtown and like i still have that kind of like like i was saying go to a random cafe like when i was bored and had nothing to do and just sit and journal or watch people or go Mm -hmm. to a new shop or something so i still have that but it's like i i'm pretty good i think at finding the balance now like i've found a really solid balance between having my own time and having social time Mm -hmm. that's so important yeah yeah definitely did it take a while for you to kind of to learn to be on my own find out yeah 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 it took me a long time because i definitely always tried to surround myself with people and i think also in high school and whatever before college i was just so busy that i never like the only time where i was alone was when i was going to bed because mm. like i would get i would be in school all day and then i would go straight to dance and then i would get home at you know like nine have dinner with my family and go to bed Right. So I never had time. Even on the weekends, I was in the studio all day. So I never really was alone. Mm. But it also wasn't full-blown socializing either. Right, right. Because you're still doing activities. And then I came to college. And first year was also never alone. Yeah, never You're we just like constantly, you know, I lived with Nil. So I'm always with her mm. or constantly seeing each other and seeing friends and just going crazy. <laughs> and so then second year was huge. Yeah. It was really hard for me to figure out how to, you know, be alone and be independent. Mm. I felt in terms of living, I was independent. Like right. I knew how to do groceries. I knew how to cook for myself, like all of those things, which some people struggled with a lot. Totally. So I did feel confident in that. But just sitting with myself mm-hmm. was really hard. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got like, did you like meditate or like, what did you do to like solve it um i just tried to do it more yeah i didn't ever really 
meditate or anything like you would just that. like distract yourself you're saying like you would just go out yeah and to combat it i would try and be alone more often mm. yeah and it was horrible i hated i really hated it really? like so much it was awful like but alone like what just sitting in your room <laughs> watching tv yeah sitting in my room like anything oh. yeah just by myself in my apartment mm. yeah yeah i hated it so much like even if you were like doing something kind of productive like i don't know coloring <laughs> like <laughs> whatever you do i don't know i just picture you just like in a blanket like the lights turned off and just, like, moping around. No, i mean i'm not like sitting in silence not doing anything <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no even just like studying i like to have a study buddy or if i'm mm. watching something i guess watching was kind of my clutch for being alone because mm. then you're like in a different world and distracted right. if that makes sense yeah like netflix was probably a clutch to be able to be alone interesting yeah yeah because it's taking your attention away from mm -hmm. your brain yeah but studying cooking all of those things and then by the end of second year i didn't want to cook with people i wanted to cook alone yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah totally, totally yeah because now it's like yeah there are certain things where it's like no this is like my thing exactly <laughs> yeah, no no don't come over here right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. and yeah like living with we're living with caleb and sarov and everybody is awesome but then there are times where i'm like yeah i just need to like you can you just like fuck off <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. or i'll just like fuck off you know just like and that's fine because we know we all know that we all have times where we're gonna feel mm -hmm. like that you know mm -hmm. so i think that was a fear moving in with case because he's definitely more of a solitude person mm. than i am totally so i didn't want to i think it was a fear that i was going to invade on that space mm. so i think that's another kind of thing that pushed me to get more comfortable being alone with myself too interesting yeah, yeah. Nice. it's good though yeah yeah it's really good it seemed like yeah like a dynamic that yeah, it would teach you in a good way. Because I feel like with Case, I mean, I don't live with him, but <laughs> I feel like his like his alone time is usually like directed towards art or yeah, like, definitely know, something creative. Yeah, which is like that would be cool for me to if I was in your shoes. I'm like, oh, like it doesn't have to be like this like negative thing. It doesn't have to be like this sad. Definitely, thing, right? it can be like, oh no, this is like cool time. This is for, a productive time. Yeah, exactly mm -hmm. for like for me and for my own expression and. Yeah. yeah and it's nice to be able to like both be alone but still in the same mm, place totally that's a cool feeling as well yeah 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 absolutely nice. like i'm still feel like i'm completely alone not really focused on what the other person's doing at all but right yeah but that's also happy. i think my cat helps with too <laughs> <laughs> oh totally yeah having yeah. an animal yeah something 100%. to care for 100 percent. that's a great yeah just a cure for boredom in general too. <laughs> yeah what What's she doing? Like, <laughs> Go, wake up, wake yeah. up. <laughs> nice. And it's uh, so like talking about like creative um, expression. Mm -hmm. Like your like main kind of creative expression has been like dance. Yeah. Right. Have you like, have you like tried to, I don't know. When do you feel like you, do you ever feel like you have to dance? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You do. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I think, um, yeah, I definitely feel like that. Not very often, to mm -hmm. be honest. And I didn't really start to feel like that until I stopped dancing as much. Mm. Especially, but it's become very apparent ever since, I guess, March. Because mm. I haven't been really been dancing at all. And so it's definitely been apparent. I don't think about it at first. At first, I just feel like I'm not feeling good. Like I feel kind of depressed, really down. Mm. And then I'm like, oh that's because i haven't danced in so long like wow. i need to dance because it definitely has a huge impact on my mental health right and i also feel like it's 
a huge creative outlet, especially when I'm doing choreography and things, mm. but it's still kind of structured and organized. Totally. I find when I just like sit down to draw or paint, I'm like, what the fuck am I like? I don't know what I'm doing mm. here. I don't know. I don't even know what to paint. What am I supposed to do? Whereas I need I kind of like structured creativity, like a coloring book. I can do. I can handle that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. It's yeah. Better. Interesting. Yeah. I think like I'm similar to you in that way. Like I, yeah, I, <laughs> I've been trying to get away from like the amount of structure I need. Hmm. And I don't know if that's like something I even need to worry about at all. But I feel like I'm someone who just like, I don't know. Like I, I love to make lists. About me too. I yeah, love, yeah. It makes me feel sane. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, and like I've analyzed it like Freudian analyst. Me too. <laughs> being like, oh, look at me. Like I just want to like pretend like I have control over like <laughs> yes. this little bubble. And it's like, yeah, when you write something down and like check a box off, it feels like, yes, control. Like, And when I good. feel really out of control, I make the list super, I break it down. Yeah. Yeah. Super basic. Totally. Wake up. Yeah. Brush teeth. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I do the same exact yeah. thing. Even like when I'm, instead of writing like clean the kitchen, it's like, wash the dishes Mm. dry the dishes put the dishes away wash the counters you know i can't just have the broad clean the kitchen (laughs) right right yeah it's like i don't know do you find your your mind is like scattered right i don't Mm. know my mind is just like everywhere a lot of times and so i think like what the lists and like the little pieces of order i can like instill on the world kind of allow me to do is just like for that bit of time i'm just i'm just thinking about like right. the task you know i don't feel like mine's out of scatter i feel like mine is like anxiety mm. like if i'm not if i don't have a i don't know if it's even control it's more like having a mission or something to do totally if i don't have like a plan then i get super crazy anxiety yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah like I like to wake up and be like, okay. Or even before I go to bed, I'm like, okay, tomorrow I have class from this time to this time. Mm-hmm. After that, I'll do this. Right. Like I need to have schedules. And I think that also comes from dance. Yep. Absolutely. Because you have to schedule everything in, in your day, budget time for everything. Yeah. And so now when we have COVID and we have all the time in the world, I'm uh-huh. like, oh my gosh, what's happening? I yeah. still need to budget my time. Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That was like one of the hardest things for like graduating and then coming back from planting is oh, just true. like having no mission no goal no nothing and I, it was actually again like very that's why i was thinking about it is because like why do i need to feel like i need control? yeah but also it's like well you need to do things right like we, yeah. we can't just there's like a famous quote like all of humanity's problems stem from our inability to sit in a room by ourselves, <laughs> right? Because if we Shit. could do that, then there'd be no war, there'd be no famine, there'd be nothing. They would just be like, yeah, yeah, I'm just content to kind of just That makes here. me think about, I've been listening to this podcast called Ear Hustle, hmm. and it's like stories of people that have been incarcerated or their lives post-incarceration. Mm. Have you heard of The Shoe? It's like solitary? It's solitary confinement, and there's a podcast by this guy who spent 26 years... Oh my god. In solitary confinement. Straight? Yeah. And that's exactly what you're talking about. The ability to sit silent in How a room. How is he like the room is six by eight feet. All the walls are white. Oh my the bed god. is concrete, everything. And the, even the door, all there is is these like tiny he described it as so small you could only fit the tip of your pinky. Wow. Just little holes in the door. 
26. How is he like sane? He said that for a long time he didn't know how to finish his sentences anymore. Like he couldn't finish his thoughts or finish his sentences speaking to people. Yeah. yeah. Just like socializing after that. Like, wow. Yeah. That's nuts. And he went from 26 years in the shoe into just like normal prison. Damn. Yeah. What did he do? Did he kill he somebody? He said it was terrifying. In prison oh, I don't know what he did. Yeah. I don't remember. That's a good question. Wow. I don't remember what he did. Um, typically people that go in the shoe are people that have been big parts of gangs because they don't want the gang violence to continue in prisons. Mm. So usually it's like someone that was high up in like a gang or something like that. Wow. Is often why they'll go. Not necessarily the severity of the crime, but they don't want conflict in prison, which is so twisted. But yeah, and then he said like when he first got back to prison, like it was the normal prison. It was terrifying. He yeah. was like, there's, it was just fucked with his head so badly. I can't imagine. He told me this once. He didn't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> he was speaking to me personally. <laughs> it does feel like that, though, it does. sometimes. He was telling this one story where he's in, your senses are so, like, at, at one hand, incredibly heightened, and mm. at the other hand, incredibly dull, mm. because you're surrounded by the same thing the entire time. And he said that at one point, the... Um, prison guards he says he doesn't know whether or not it was to fuck with him but they put a poster like on the wall that's on the opposite side of his door okay and just that change in like stimulation and input just like completely fucked his head up Mm. like it made he said it literally made him go crazy that was the craziest he's ever felt when he was in the shoe wow yeah just Just because it was a tiny and you know as i said the holes are so small so just that slight change and it wasn't even inside it was like outside Outside, he doesn't know what the poster was to this day like he doesn't know what was on it but that slight change like he said it was horrible it was the worst experience that he had in the shoe out of all the 26 years what's the goalie in the podcast ear 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 hustle ear hustle yeah okay it's in the san quentin prison oh shit i drive past that all the time really Mm -hmm. it seems like a pretty i don't know when you think of prison you hear all these horrible horrible stories of Mm -hmm. how awful it is but it seems like this one is like a community it was cool when they talk about different people there yeah i think it's like a I don't know. It's like a high level prison. I'm pretty sure. Really? Like big, big criminals go there. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah, I don't know too much about it, but it looks, it's weird. It doesn't, it's like right on the water. It looks kind of like this nice, like castle. (laughs) (laughs) And then you look at it, you're like, holy shit, like mass incarceration. Yeah. It's terrifying. You should read the, when they call you terrorist, prison industrial complex. Okay. I'll add it to my list. Like I said, I want something easy something like it's short <laughs> something light something that i'm not gonna like i have too i have a lot i have too much existential angst and like worrying about humanity already like i this is just education yeah but then it's like yeah but the world is controlled by like mass corporations and they are incarcerating people at a rate that's faster than da 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 and then yeah. i just like think about that and then i'm like spiraling yeah know? which is the guy yeah it's like it, i need to know that obviously like can't just bury my head in the sand when it comes to like hard truth but also it's like let me like (laughs) let me (laughs) laugh read a chapter of that book and then read a chapter of another (laughs) book (laughs) i'm bad at reading two things at once so it's kind of hard they get confused yeah 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 i just can't stay i don't think you'll confuse this book (laughs) with another book you're reading (laughs) yeah fair enough oh man well um what was i gonna say what were we talking about before that? 
Well, okay, I was yeah, yeah. I was gonna say how like that leads into your like isolation. Uh, oh yeah, you started true. with, like I wonder, like that's like the pinnacle of isolation. Like yeah, stuck in a room with nothing else but you. Mm. It's interesting because that's like what you do in meditation too, right? If you're like a super, uh, super committed meditator, you go into like the monastery and mm-hmm. you have no, you don't write, you can't write, you can't speak can't do anything you can just sit and like i don't know have you ever done that as like an experiment like i was saying like just sit in a room i've tried to meditate i'm not very good at it it's 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 really hard really hard it's really hard but even like not even meditating like if you just sit sit there and just see what your brain does it's wild it's really wild like i like how long do you force yourself to sit there well it's cool because you can just see like your mind does the same thing. It's just like, think about this. Worry about that for a little bit. You get distracted. Worry about this. Think about that. <laughs> and then you back and then you're like, wait, I'm worrying about the thing that I was just worrying about. <laughs> and so it's like, it's actually kind of cool because you're noticing like your brain is just on a loop to find something to worry about. It's like when you can't fall asleep at night. Exactly. It's yeah. like, that's like, that's kind of what I was like triggered to do that mm. because of, because when I was, yeah, when I'm going to bed and just where your mind goes, your energy flows. Bars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ripped that off. That's like a disclosure song. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, you should try it. It's interesting because yeah. it just shows you like your mind is just going to keep worrying. So yeah, like, I read this funny picture that it's like, why when I'm trying to fall asleep at night, my mind reminds me of something embarrassing I did 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Totally. Yeah. Just like or just like weird social interactions you have yeah. or like, yeah. yeah, things you should have said or shouldn't oh have said. Oh, my God. Things you should have said. Oh, yeah. 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 It's I don't know. I think it's like your brain is just a problem solving machine. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you give it time. And there's nothing immediate to worry about. No problem to solve. It doesn't know what to do, right? It's like, yeah. wait a minute. No, this is like our whole purpose is. And that's why I think like having a like a simple directive, like you're saying, like, or at least like having a plan. But I think what's even more healthy is just having a super simple directive. Mm. Like going back to like your real rural living like if you were living on a farm your entire life revolves around the cows or the sheep or the, the harvest right you have like a sin a single goal that requires like very discreet steps that mm-hmm. you know you have to do and then it's like once we've removed ourselves from like the real world almost in that respect it's when that anxiety can like infiltrate, hmm. you know, because it's like now we're just up in the air and it's like all our work. A lot of our work is like not physical anymore. Right. It's mm-hmm. abstract. It's mental. It's all like theory or it's and virtual now. too. Virtual. Yeah, exactly. So it's it doesn't feel like we're maybe like accomplishing things in the same way, you totally. know, like that, that. Yeah, that feeling you get from like doing completing a task you know like i think it's such a similar shift of like you know the rural example to now and even now to covid it's a very similar experience Mm, totally you know going from 
okay, I wake up, I eat breakfast, and I go to class. Whereas now I wake up and I get back in bed and I attend lecture. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just like mentally you're not, it's not as accomplishing at all. No. You don't feel like you're getting as much. You don't feel like you're learning as much either. You're not though, right? Like no. I only did it for a month. Definitely not. There's no way I was learning the same. Especially social work. Like I'm supposed to be learning how to interact with humans. With people, right, yeah. On a computer. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. That's make crazy. Sense. As social like you said, oh yeah, you said like social work offices are kind of all closed, right? Um, well, they're all still open. Okay. But they're just not necessarily accepting students right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So they're just at capacity. Right? Mm-hmm. 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 Damn. Are they doing like virtual sessions with people? Yeah, some people. Yeah. I mean, that's so many counseling services and stuff have gone to video chat mm. or even just phone calls and things like that. What do you What do you think about that? Like, do you think... Like, I don't think a classroom setting, like, translates. But would, like, a therapist setting? I think it depends on so many different things. I think on the person, Mm. on what it's for. And then you really just have to think about accessibility. Like, everyone doesn't have access to high stream internet where you can video chat someone. Mm. They don't have access to computers to video chat. But do more people have access to that than in-person services? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. interesting to find out. I think... At least in something like a city, I think there's more access to in-person services. Um, Yeah. And then you have to think about like seniors or older adults. They don't, they can't, they don't have the technology, Mm, like knowledge and ability to do that. Yeah. And then also they're the most vulnerable right now. Mm. So services for seniors is just true. A shit show. Yeah. Yeah. It's inter- I have been shocked, like, um, doing this, um, this live well, this exercise clinic job, mm-hmm. they do offer like zoom sessions. Mm-hmm. So like on Monday when they had just announced those new restrictions, Monday was all zoom. So like I was Whoa. in the cl- clinic with Carly, the exercise physiologist. Um, but we just turned on the zoom and like people were like How showing up go? through that. Yeah, it was good. It was, it's obviously weird because like you... I can do. I can lead a pretty solid Zoom warm up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but other than that, they they just like go and like they have an app that they follow that has like all their exercises in it. And, like if they have equipment, then they they like all. You basically have. They've told us what shit they have at a house. So what mm. can we design for them? What how hard we can make it. But yeah, as far as like real like feedback, that's the big one where it's just like ah, I don't know. Like, are you really? enjoying it do you really feel yeah whereas like if they were in person in the clinic i could be like you know like straighten your back on that squad or keep your chest up or blah 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 yeah i get that immediate response so the immediate response and then you can also you know you can feel their emotions and like how they're doing totally yeah yeah Yeah, i find zoom is so hard like i'm in a lot of group projects and group discussions in school and stuff Mm. and just the flow of conversation is so horrible Mm. because it's because usually we're here sitting in person and you can like feel when you're about to speak and you kind of there's cues eye contact body language exactly and when you're on the computer a there's like sometimes a delay which is kind of an obvious thing but even just body language and all of those things i just find so many times i accidentally speak at the same time as someone and like the flow is just so awkward right yeah Yeah. and it really gets in the way of like doing the group projects yeah yeah 
Do you think it's going to, like, stunt the growth of kids that are, like, growing up now? I don't know. Like, the f- social growth, you know? Like... It must. I don't know, but I see kids out and about, and they, like... They still, like, play it around and, well, like, screaming and, like... Yeah, you know? But it, like... I don't think they're going to become robots or something. No. But I think, um, like, the social skills are different. Right. Say you have, I think for a lot of schools right now, well, at least in BC, the schools are in person. But in the States and stuff, a lot of it is, like, half online, half in person. Yeah, my mom's just recently became a teacher. And she's doing her first year of teaching all on the whole thing. Zoom. Yeah. How old are the kids? Um, middle school. Yeah. I think 12. I think it's really hard for middle schoolers. Oh, I mean, I, I was like, mom, why do you want to teach middle school? <laughs> out, of any, out of everything. but Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, thinking about, you know, you're going through middle school is horrible. You're going through I know. puberty. That's what like, I told her. Everything. I was like, I remember as soon as I turned like. I think when I was in sixth grade, I knew that seventh graders were like the worst humans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember like telling my mom that. And I wonder if that like made an impact because that's the grade she wants to teach. Well, imagine having those <clears throat> horrible experiences virtually. Yeah, right. And you're thinking like, oh my God, so-and-so didn't Snapchat me. <laughs> she yeah. hates me. Right. She's never going to talk to me again. Yeah. You know, it's so twisted. Yeah, It's yeah. weird. Yeah, it's that's weird. so strange. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm very happy I had, like, most of my schooling in a, in a... Well, I guess not even most of my schooling. But my childhood, I feel like, was a little more in person. You mm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I had social media and phones and stuff. Like, our generation mm-hmm. kind of got the sweet spot where we kind of, like... We knew what it... And now we know what it is and, like, kind of know how to, like, right. operate it. But we weren't, like, on Instagram in fourth grade. <laughs> no, right. Yeah. Yeah, which I guess kids are now, hey? I think some kids. I don't know. I didn't get an iPhone until I was 17. Damn. I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like a smartphone. I had a track phone where you pay for the minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had a razor. That was my first phone. Ooh. That was sick. My mom had gold. a razor. It was My sick. mom had a pink razor. Those were dope. Yeah. Hello? <laughs> you don't want to talk someone, you snap it. Slam it shut. <laughs> or the ones where the keyboard would slide up. Yeah, I had one of those too. That's something. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we've come a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meatball guest delivery. Meatball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Dude. Look at these on. dumplings. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit, this is gourmet. On the right, we got the uh, the nice crimped ones. On the left, we got the uh, more simpler. Uh, and what's the filling? Oh, what yeah. style? Okay. We got some ground pork. Ginger, eggplant, uh, scallions. And what is this accent? Beautiful. This is our culinary accent. Three different accents at once. Australian. Thank we you, go sir. All kinds of shit. Thank you. Wow. Delicious. What a treatment. I think they're too hot to eat uh, right the now. Round ones are too. These ones should be fine right now. These ones are better. Okay. okay. Thank you, sir. Wow. Mid delivery. Oh. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Should we try it oh on the for these people? Yeah, here we go. Should it's we like do the, um, what are those videos where they chew really close <laughs> to the microphone? ASMR shit? Yeah. I don't know, we might lose listeners, but that's okay. We should treat here. Here we go. <laughs> wow. Very nice. Delicious. Spicy. 
gingery. Sweet. Sweet. Tangy. <laughs> Should we try these? Or are they going to be too hot? Mine's one is so tangy. Okay. Oh, that was good. That was really good. <laughs> Damn. Fucking Danny, dude. Such a she's, chef. Yeah. She's so... She has so many skills. So versatile. So tal- yeah, so talented and like everything. <laughs> Finished chewing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were we gonna? What were we talking about before the dumplings arrived? How screwed kids are gonna be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think. But I think it's like researched, right? The sense of anxiety, social anxiety, mm. social isolation, depression. Depression, anxiety, it's been just going growing through the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scariest one was like from that social dilemma documentary. It was like suicide in young girls has like fucking skyrocketed. Well, like absolutely skyrocketed. My someone that I've like babysat forever when I was younger and is now she's currently in seventh or eighth grade and it's terrifying. Yeah. Like multi, like people in her friend group have attempted and oh my god, like children are I don't know like they're cutting themselves a lot and yeah. It's so scary. I don't. I feel like middle school yet yeah, was horrible, but I don't remember that extreme as common. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a couple kids in the school, but yeah, it's so scary. That's terrifying. And then as a parent, like, what do you do? What do you do? I guess just not allow them. I don't think I want my kid on social media like until they're like old. But it's gonna be such a bitch to do that to your child. <sighs> Like you have to, I completely agree. Yeah, you in have to. an ideal world, I agree. But that kid is gonna be coming to you every single day. All of my friends did it. Yeah, but and then Peggy it, committed suicide last <laughs> oh year. Oh my god! You know what I mean, though. Like it's, I don't know. And then it's also with t- technology. Like at this point, even in middle school, I think it's a position where you need like laptops at home to do stuff. Yeah, you know. I don't know. You can't really have the one family desktop anymore because everything is virtual. I don't know. I'm still going to be like. Good. I think you should. You have, I think you need to. My yeah. parents were. Because when I was, you know, people were getting iPhones, I feel like freshman year, maybe mm-hmm. around there. I didn't. She, my mom's rule was when I get my license. And then I didn't get my license until I was 18. So she was like, <laughs> at, at 17, she's like, okay, fine. You can have one. Yeah, I. I don't know. My my dad's always been super into tech, so he was like, yeah, like silicon first bone. iPhone was like, I was always kind of like, wow, sick. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think my my brother is the one that's had like the most. I think he's more addicted to technology than any of us. He's the youngest too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he plays a lot more video games. Like I played a lot. I played a lot of video games when I was like sixteen. I guess he's the same age, so I can't really talk. But he de- I think he definitely played more video games than I <laughs> Just saying. Well, I think my brother's six years older than me, mm-hmm. and he definitely played more video games than I did. Yeah. I never but played. Like, I didn't play video games until I came to college. But guys play more video games than girls. I usually. guess so. And at the time, I think they were computer games. Right. Right? Yeah. He was playing, like, Sonic. Yeah. And all those games online. Right, right. And right. I would sit there and watch me, like, whoa. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I would play, like, FIFA a bunch and, like, Call of Duty. Mm. He's like super into like, yeah. He like plays on PC. And he's got a whole like setup and. Right. He's like working now. He he like works in like a pizza restaurant. So he's just got his license. Nice. So he's got a girlfriend. Oh. He's had a girlfriend for a while. Same girlfriend. For a Fancy. While. Yeah, which is wild. Um, okay. 
Well, we're coming to our hour, hour mark. Perfect. Um, that what I quick. usually do, yeah, time flies. <laughs> what I usually do to end the episode is have you say just a word or a phrase or whatever you want to say mm-hmm. to the people. And we just close it out like that. Um, just a word or a phrase. It can be anything. Oh my gosh! Just off the top of your head, don't don't think about it too hard. Okay, um, community. 